This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 167 of The Catholic Foodie, a classic New Orleans jazz brunch with Kitty Cleveland. Welcome, folks, to The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about brunch. You know, brunch is sort of that magical, leisurely meal that we have typically on Sundays. Uh, In New Orleans, you know, New Orleans is known for its food, from gumbo to jambalaya to fresh seafood from the Gulf of Mexico, expertly prepared in a myriad of ways. The food in New Orleans is world famous. New Orleans is also known as the birthplace of jazz, and these two elements, food and jazz, come together perfectly in what is traditionally called a jazz brunch. You know, brunch is a combination of the words breakfast and lunch. It's leisurely, and we're going to talk about that today right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right, brunch is historically enjoyed on Sundays, but here in New Orleans, you can enjoy brunch just about any day of the week. Uh, It is not a rushed meal. It is meant to be enjoyed leisurely. And uh, usually you start off with a cocktail or an aperitif like a Bloody Mary or a mimosa or a mint julep. You know, brunch typically begins after church on Sunday mornings and lasts for a few hours. Brunch provides an opportunity for family and friends to come together to celebrate family life, to celebrate each other, right? And the, the accumulation of another week and also to relax and prepare for the new week ahead. And uh, we have, I think, in New Orleans sort of perfected this uh, experience known as uh, Jazz Brunch. And uh, there was a book that was published. I've talked about this before on the show. This was probably three or four years ago now. It was written by Kit Wall, and it's called New Orleans Classic Brunches. And I believe I mentioned this in reference to uh, the episode that we did on uh, the French Quarter Festival, which is called the world's largest jazz brunch, with so many different restaurants uh, available there throughout uh, the, the, the French Quarter itself, the French Quarter proper, then also over in Waldenburg Park by the, by the, the levee, by the river, uh, set up in, in booths, and, and they serve these, these meals, these, these, uh, these dishes, which some of which um, are, are common on the brunch table. So this is what Kit Wall has to say about the beginnings of the jazz brunch in New Orleans. It's taken from her book, New Orleans Classic Brunches. Again, you can find a link to that book in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. This is what Kit has to say. Brunch in New Orleans came to the forefront when Owen Brennan hatched the Breakfast at Brennan's concept at his eponymous restaurant on Royal Street, which he opened in 1946. Uh, The custom of a festive weekend meal combining breakfast and late lunch was readily adopted by New Orleanians who were and are always ready for another reason to eat and drink. Uh, The Brennan family tree branched out in 1974 when Owen's sisters and brothers, Adelaide, Ella, Dottie, Dick, and John Brennan, acquired Commander's Palace. During a meal in London, Dick had noticed a roving jazz trio. He telephoned his sister Ella, and the jazz brunch was born, a new beat to a beloved tune and now another New Orleans tradition. Brunch menus took on a new rhythm, expanding more uh, than just fancy eggs. Right? Chefs took advantage of the new meal to flex their creative muscles. Certainly there are specialties, but as you will see, Brunch Today offers a wealth of dishes you'd like to eat any time of the day. Establishments all across the Big Easy have created their own brunches. Some are casual, some are dress-up events. The rest are everything in between, but almost all are wonderful. 
And why are we talking about jazz brunches today? Well, it's because uh, my wife and I had the pleasure just the other day to attend a jazz brunch. Actually, it's probably about two weeks ago now to attend a jazz brunch with a good friend of ours, Kitty Cleveland. Kitty, uh, you may know Kitty. Uh, she's a, a musician, a singer, and she has produced, I believe, 10 different uh, CDs to date. And they're all they all have really been uh, of a, re- a religious nature, right? Religious music. And I'm going to play some clips of this, of her music for you uh, in the course of this show. Uh, but you, what you don't know about Kitty is that she sang at uh, our wedding, at uh, Char and I, when we got married. Kitty sang at the church there at St. Patrick's in, in New Orleans. And uh, it was a beautiful uh, experience. That was almost 15 years ago. I can't believe it has been uh, 15 years. It, it just... Um, Love is magic, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my wife and I had the privilege of uh, joining Kitty Cleveland at a special jazz brunch held in her honor as part of her efforts to raise money for a new jazz standards project. Uh, the brunch was hosted at a magnificent and stately home on St. Charles Avenue, a home that had been constructed in 1899. Uh, the brunch was catered by Brennan's which we just heard about a moment ago, and Kitty, along with her jazz band, provided the music. It was a perfect New Orleans Sunday with delectable food and smooth jazz, a day that was made complete, by the way, with a mid-afternoon thunderstorm that highlighted the haunted feel of New Orleans. It was really incredible. (laughs) It was a great day. Now, Kitty Cleveland, as I mentioned, she is a talented and captivating singer, who has given glory to God uh, with the gift of song that he has given her. And to date, she's recorded 10 CDs of religious music. Surrender, Sacred Arias, and Sublime Chant are three among those 10 albums. But now Kitty wants to build bridges with music. She wants to reach out to those people in the world who would never pick up one of her religious CDs. She wants to build bridges with jazz. And in order to raise the necessary funds to produce this jazz standard CD, Kitty launched a Kickstarter project. And uh, let's listen right now to hear what Kitty has to say about this project and why she wants to uh, build bridges with jazz. I will find the good Fourteen years ago, I took a huge leap of faith and I produced my very first CD. Now, 10 CDs and almost 100,000 copies later, I stand in awe of what God has done with my little trepidatious yes and with your love and support. My name is Kitty Cleveland and it's time for another leap of faith. All of my music up to this point has been Christian inspirational music and it has come straight from my heart to yours. tell you how much your letters have meant to me and I will treasure them always. Many of you have told me that you've even used my music to help your loved ones transition from this life to the next and I cannot imagine a greater honor and privilege for me. Having said that, I thought it might be kind of fun to do some music to live by. Music that you could cook dinner to or when you're having a glass of wine or visiting with friends. It doesn't necessarily have to change your life 
but could just make it a little bit more fun and a little softer around the edges. What kind of music am I talking about? Jazz. Jazz standards to be exact. Summertime, when I fall in love, all of me, blue skies, all of these wonderful songs, a treasure of songs that we have that I've been singing much of my life. So, this is where you come in. I can't do this without you. And so my hope is that you will take a look at that little list down there on the side of the page of all of the different perks and benefits that you will get for joining me in this fun adventure. The giving level starts at just $10, where you get a digital download of the CD two weeks before it's released, and it goes all the way up to $10,000. Read the perks. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a fabulous jazz brunch coming up at a beautiful home on St. Charles Avenue that I'd love for you to be a part of. We have t-shirts, we have concerts, and so many different things that you can receive for being a part of my project. I also want to share with you some of my artwork. So if you like some of that, I'd love to hang a little piece of me on your wall. The most important thing is that I have 30 days in which to raise $25,000. I know that we can do it if I have your help. If you will, just pass this on to your friends, to your family, Facebook, Twitter, anyone with a heartbeat. That would be a great help to me, and I know that we can do it. That, uh, that, that clip right there comes from Kitty's, uh, it's a video that she has on her uh, Kickstarter page. And there is a link in the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com if you want to see the video. And, uh, of course, to, to go and to check out all the different uh, perks that you can get if you uh, support, if you become a bridge builder with her and support this, uh, this project. Uh, my wife and I are supporting the project, and uh, I, I would invite you to, to do the same. Uh, it's very important, I think, to build bridges, and we see this uh, uh, happening today, I think, in many different ways. I mean, first of all, you have uh, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, who has talked so much uh, in, in, in just a short period of time, the last few months since he has uh, become Pope. He's talked so much about how the Church is, is not supposed to be insulated, right? We're not supposed to be insular. And I think a lot of times uh, we, we, can, we can fall into that tendency to where we are focused in on ourselves. And he said, you know, the mandate that we have from Jesus is to go and to spread the gospel, is to reach out and to be that leaven in society and the world. And that's what we're called to do, to be other-focused, to be focused on, 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 on spreading the word, spreading the good news. And, uh, and we see this, I think, this is what Kitty is doing. She's trying to reach those people who, who would never have maybe picked up her religious CDs, but they like jazz. And because they love her voice and they love the music, they, they maybe look her up online and find out what else she's produced. And they, say, they see this beautiful CD on Divine Mercy as an example. And so they get that and listen to it, and it could change their hearts and change their lives. And so that's, uh, that, that's I think, part of what the whole bridge-building thing is all about. You know, you see the same thing, too, I think, with uh, the CNMC, the Catholic New Media Celebration this year, which is going to be in Boston in October, October 19th, and, and we also have um, events taking place on the 20th. You can find out more about that at uh, uh, cnmc.sqpn.com or at catholicnewmediaconference.com. But the, the theme this year is really kind of geared toward parishes, towards the dioceses and parishes and, and Catholic ministries, and it's basically how to reach those people who are not in the pew. <laughs> 
right? How, how, how to use new media to reach people who are not practicing the faith. And that's the amazing thing. You know, I, I remember, I think back, anytime I think about reaching out, I, I think back to a conversation I had with a spiritual director of mine when I was in the seminary. And we're going back now probably 17, 18 years. And uh, it was not that long, actually. It was a little bit less than that because probably about a year and a half or so before I married my wife. Um, I was kind of struggling with the whole question of vocation, and I remember talking to him one day, and he said, you know, Jeff, he says, you know, in a way, to really live the Christian life, I mean, you, you married couples are living the Christian life. They're on the front lines. He says, I'm, I'm in church. I can only reach those people who come to church. But, but as a layperson, as a married person, you're out there in the world. You have the opportunity to spread the gospel everywhere you go. And it was kind of eye-opening for me because I never thought of it that way. I was thinking, oh yeah, if you're a priest, you're, you know, you're kind of like full-time religious person, and you, you know, you live the gospel and you spread the gospel all the time. But he said, no, he goes. In reality, my exposure is limited, and uh, this is before social media. This is going way back, way back when, right? Uh, my my exposure, the the what I can, the people I can reach are limited. It's only really the the ones who come to church. You can reach all the rest, and I see the same kind of concept here. I think with what our Holy Father is talking about, and I see the same thing with what Kitty's talking about: building bridges. And we do that by talking about things, by providing services, by providing music, by providing recipes, maybe on, on uh, online. Uh, in ways that you know, people are attracted to talk about food. They they like jazz. They may not necessarily pick up a Catholic or Christian CD or or, or read a Catholic blog, but they might like uh, recipes or they may like jazz. And so, it's a step in the right direction, and it brings them a step closer, hopefully, to coming to know and to understand and to really experience God's love for them. So I think that's what really what this is all about. And I, I mentioned this uh, earlier that. Uh, my wife and I did attend the jazz brunch. That took place already. That was about a week and a half ago. And uh, boy, it was amazing. It was amazing. I've got some clips that I took, uh, some sound clips I want to play for you of the music uh, at the jazz brunch. I'm going to try to pull these up right here. Um, I got there a few minutes. I got there a little bit early. My wife and I did because I was trying to uh, help Kitty you know, to record some of these segments here, these little clips. And uh, we came in, of course, you walk into this stately mansion, this beautiful, beautiful home on St. Charles Avenue. You got the jazz playing in the background. The food is catered by Brennan's. You've got a bar set up. They've got mimosas. If you don't know what a mimosa is, basically it's orange juice and champagne, or mostly champagne with a splash of orange juice. Delicious brunch uh, cocktail. And they also had Bloody Marys that were, oh, they were beautiful. They were wonderful Bloody Marys. Very good. Um, and, you know, the food. I want to talk to you about the food, too, because there are certain things that you uh, tend to see at a brunch, you know, kind of traditional dishes. Some of those I actually have recipes for on my website over at catholicfoodie.com, and uh, you can check that out. I'm working right now to put up my recipe for mint juleps. They did not have mint juleps there that day. Uh, but mint juleps are also a very delightful cocktail to have at a uh, at a brunch, you know, and a brunch is, as we mentioned earlier, leisurely. You're supposed to spend time together. You talk. You you talk about the the week that has passed and the week that is to come. You you sit face to face with with folks and just 
be together, you know, and it, and it stretches over the period of a few hours. It's a very delightful, delightful time. But one of the dishes that they had, and Brennan's is a, is a famous, famous restaurant in New Orleans, and they catered it. Uh, one of the dishes they had was egg sardou. And, you know, there's so many different things you can do with eggs. I mean, you, you can, of course, just fry eggs. You can scramble eggs. You can have omelets uh, prepared a, a myriad of different ways. Um, but you can also have these other things like eggs benedict, right? Uh, and, and eggs are due is, is one of these uh, types of, of brunch, wonderful brunch dishes. Uh, here's a description I'm reading. This, this is coming out of uh, the New Orleans Classic Brunches uh, cookbook. It says, an extravagant celebration dish. Egg sardou highlights artichoke bottoms, anchovies, and hollandaise sauce. It was created at Antoine's and named after 19th century French playwright Victorian Sardou. Uh, in honor of his visit to New Orleans, a special Antoine's touch is fresh asparagus, lightly battered and fried, then served crisscross on the plate. And this sits, and I don't think I, I read this, but it sits on top of an uh, English muffin. And uh, talk about delightful. In addition to that, they had griots and grits, and I've got a recipe over at catholicfoodie.com for griots and grits, and let me get a little more music in the background here while we talk about this. Um, Griots and grits, griots, how do do I explain griots? What what they had there for the brunch, it was made with veal. It was very, very tender, and and it's it's basically almost like a brown gravy that uh, has onions and and bell peppers and, 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 and garlic and uh, the, the meat, of course, you could use uh, a tougher piece of meat if you want, like round steak or something like that. But veal is so tender, and, and you just cook this stuff down to where it's like butter. just melts, and you serve it over grits, uh, stone ground grits. And boy, you talk about good. Got a recipe for that over at catholicfoodie.com. Biscuits are another uh, famous thing that you can find on a brunch table. And, uh, of course, there's a recipe. I've got a recipe based on Chef John Besch's uh, drop biscuits uh, recipe. I've got that over at CatholicFruity.com, too. Um, and then you know what else they had? They had this, uh, it was delightful, it was corn mock shoe. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard of that before, but corn mock shoe is fresh corn with onions and peppers, and it, it, it's cooked down. Uh, and they, and Brennan's added a little extra touch that made it extra special. They had these jumbo shrimp in the corn mock shoe. And, uh, oh, buttery, delicious, melt-in-your-mouth good. So those were some of the, the dishes we had uh, the other day. Fantastic. And uh, it's funny because, you know, after everyone had a chance to eat uh, and they've had their cocktail or two and uh, we've, we've had a chance to talk and to kind of view the house, look around, Kitty got up with the with the band and she she did a set right she she sang several songs and I want to play a couple of those uh, for you just clips of them right now um, there are a couple that really just really struck me uh, w- the one I want to play with for you right now is about a minute and a half long and it starts out with her husband who is a a, a, a wonderful uh, musician and he does a little solo in the in the beginning Mel Rogers is his name. And does a little solo in the beginning, and then the, the band kind of picks up, and then Kitty starts to sing. And it's this wonderful old Louis Armstrong song that I just absolutely love. And uh, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans, right? It's, it's just a classic. It's beautiful. And uh, I want to play this little clip for you right now.
wish I would have recorded the entire thing. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But guess what? It's going to be, hopefully, this one will be on uh, the CD. So, fantastic. Um, again, the link to the Kickstarter page is over at catholicfoodie.com. Just go there. You'll see this post, the show notes for this particular episode. Today is July 4th, so happy Independence Day if you were in the United States. Um, and and Kitty's got seven days left. Seven days left on the Kickstarter campaign, and she's about she's over halfway, over halfway there. But seven days to to make up the rest there to to uh, to fund this project. So please do go over to CatholicFoodie.com, click on the link to her Kickstarter page, and you can become a bridge builder for as little as ten dollars. You can start, uh, and of course you've got various different levels and different perks at each level. But I mean, just to start, just ten bucks, and you get the CD in advance. You get the digital download. Uh, it's simple and easy, and uh, if everybody just gave $10, we could have this thing done like in no time. So uh, seven days left, catholicfoodie.com. That's where you'll find the link to the Kickstarter page. And uh, I've got a couple more clips I want to play for you here. And also, we did have Kitty on Around the Table Radio. This was a couple of weeks back, and uh, she promoted the the, the Kickstarter campaign, the, the Jazz CD. We talked about uh, brunches because Monsignor Nalti was with us, and uh, Monsignor Nalti and, and Kitty, they go way back. They're, they're friends. Uh, and Dave Dawson was on the show with us, uh, our co-host. And uh, we just had a great time talking with Kitty. So what I'm going to do is just take the clips, uh, the, the two segments that we had Kitty on, and I'm going to put that at the end of this, this episode of The Catholic Foodie so you can catch more of our conversation about brunches and also jazz and, and music and, and, and the role that God and music has played in Kitty's life. You'll get to hear more of that in just a few minutes. I'm going to play another clip here, and then I've got another clip that I'm going to end the show with, going to close it out. I won't do my traditional close of the Catholic Foodie. Instead, we're going to listen to Kitty as we uh, fade out the show. So uh, let's listen to this uh, next clip, and then we're going to jump into the interview we had on Around the Table Radio. I'm David Dawson. Welcome to Around the Table with Jeff Young and Monsignor Nalti. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Fine. The weekend's here. I'm doing really, really good. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the weekends are good. <laughs> we got we got, we got, got a lot, uh, once again, going on this weekend, but uh, 
Well, we're kind of going in a different direction this weekend, aren't we? We're talking uh, brunch. Well, th- that's right. You know, uh, New Orleans, besides the food, because you talk to people around the world, they know the food of New Orleans. It's it's world famous. But in addition to that, you also have our music, right? Yep. Jazz is something that everybody associates with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, you know, here we, we take these two things and we, we blend them together into this this jazz brunch kind of mentality, right? And it's it's food, it's music, it's uh, faith, it's family. It's, it's just a really, um, I don't know, it, it kind of speaks to the heart, you know? It just makes Sunday more of a, more of a, a day when we celebrate. We, 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 we go to Mass, and then we, we have a meal, and we relax the rest of the day. And music is a big part of relaxing. And instead of, uh, you know, using Sunday to go mow the lawn or right. to have sport games or, or, you know, reorganize the closets, is that you make it a day where you focus on, on loving God and loving neighbor. And, uh, and, and being with other people at a meal, being with other people at Mass really kind of brings, brings it both together. Okay, and then that other New Orleans tradition on uh, tradition on uh, Sundays in the fall is the Saints. You can't forget that part. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. You know, it's, it's funny. The Archbishop this year has, um, you know, noticed that a lot of the schools and a lot of the parishes have been doing a lot of things on Sundays, and and he especially didn't like the fact that you know Sunday was becoming a sports day where, yeah. where people were going to all the sporting events. He said, you know, it's really a day that you're supposed to focus on the things that are really important, and 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 a lot of times parents, boy, if they have three or four kids and they've got a bunch different sports they spend the whole day on sunday i see them at mass the kids yeah. are in the soccer uniform and they're going straight from mass to a game and then they're going to pick up mcdonald's and they're mm-hmm. going to go to the next game the next game and that's not a day of rest really mm-hmm. you know i mean the kids may enjoy the games but but uh you know it's for everybody to have a day of rest and, and slowing down on sunday and a jazz brunch uh you know long jazz brunch listening to nice music and eating at, le- at your leisure is really a, a way to really slow down and to like i said love of god in the morning with mass and love of neighbor with your your family and friends uh at brunch after that. I love that the Archbishop did that. Yeah. Discouraging yeah. all the sporting events and everything. Yeah, there's too that can many. Run you ragged. It can, and, and you know, really, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm there. There aren't many bigger Saints fans than I am too. Yeah. But you know, you, you you do notice mass attendance drops down right oh, on those weekends. Yeah. Yeah, You're yeah. hoping they're making it to the <laughs> vigil, but uh, you know, it can become too much about uh, you know something else. You know, something outside of ourselves. And mm-hmm. and it's the day that the Lord gave us. Right, that it isn't for the Lord. You know, the Sabbath is made for us, for yeah. us to slow down, for us to spend time with each other in prayer, you know, in fellowship, you know, sharing, sharing ourselves with each other. And uh, when it's focused on something too much outside of ourselves, I think, you know, you know, we're really turning Sunday more into a work day than, than a day of rest. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And there's no real connection, I don't think, um, with God or, or with each other unless we do slow down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful things about food. First mm-hmm. of all, you kind of, when you get around that table, you have to slow down. Well, it's a challenge sometimes, but we really should slow down, yes, right? But then right. also this gift of music. Music is um, – I once uh, read something about how music is almost like silence mm-hmm. because it can really bring us and help us to focus and center on on what's important. As long as it's good music, As long right? as it's good music. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's That's that headbanger, headbanger type uh, or, or rap or something. I don't know. But uh, well, we have a, a I, guest. I actually, I can segue into our guest. You oh, know you why? Cause, yeah, because okay. I have a favorite CD. And one of my favorite CDs by our guest is called Sublime Chant. Right. And uh, you put that on the background and you put that on loop at your house and let it play all day long and see what kind of peace that it doesn't bring to your household, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I won't answer that phone. Let's just pretend that uh, <laughs> that's not our guest, by the way. Okay. Well, uh, we're very happy to have Kitty Cleveland with us today. Kitty um, is, well, I mean, I, she's in my parish. Uh, we have uh, known Kitty for quite a while. My, my wife and I, she's staying at our wedding 
Wow, really? Uh, almost 15 years ago. I can't believe it's been 15 years, but um, or almost 15 years. But anyway, Kitty, welcome. Thanks, all three guys, some of my favorite guys. It's great to be with you this morning. All right. Well, Kitty, you've got some exciting things going on. You have uh, put, you know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your your music history because I know you do have CDs out that are available. You are uh, in demand as a as a singer and you know locally and and probably beyond that. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more for maybe some folks who are listening right now who who don't know the extent of your uh, of your music career? Well, sure. Um, I am from New Orleans, and uh, so you know music was all around me growing up, as it was for y'all. Yeah. And um, just, I guess, 14 years ago, I produced my first CD of Christian music, and we're now 10 CDs later, Gosh. getting ready to launch into a little bit of a new direction, musically speaking, and going, with a segue with your jazz brunch, going into the direction of jazz. And um, everything up to this point has been Christian inspirational music and with devotional rosaries and things like that. Mm-hmm. And But I've really been very, feeling very strongly in prayer that this is where the Lord is heading me for right now. Give me an example. What, what kind of, tell us some of the songs that you're going to be singing on this CD. Oh, just think songs everybody knows. Um, All of Me, My Funny Valentine, Blue Skies. Yeah. Just great jazz standards. You know, the... The modern jazz, I don't quite get. I don't really understand that. And it's a little more sophisticated probably than I am. But um, <laughs> or, And me. I mean, it, it just sounds to me like somebody sitting at a piano. Well, it sounds like me sitting at a piano, just making up notes as you like go along. Kind of like when my child, child was about four years old. Okay. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> I'm sorry for all you modern jazz fans out yeah. there. Forgive me. But, yeah, this is just going to be jazz standards and with an incredible band and my hope is to get uh, Jeremy Davenport, the wonderful trumpet player in New Orleans to to sit in on some of the sessions and uh, got a terrific producer Mike Essenault from Baton Rouge lined up and it's just going to be great fun. Are you going to uh, perform in before the CD comes out? Are you going to have some jazz concerts like you do with your sacred music concerts? Well, this Sunday, actually, is our big jazz brunch fundraiser for this project. And if anyone would like to come, um, they can check out my Kickstarter website. And that's where they can see, actually, all of the different levels of giving if they want to help support me in the creation of this CD and the different... Uh, things that I'm giving away for each level. So Mm. lots of fun stuff. And the um, thing coming up most recently will be the Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 11.30 to 2.30. That's open to the public. Anyone who wants to pay $250 a couple of (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're a psycho, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, but really, I mean, that just means your heart's in the right place. You want to hear uh, Kitty sing some jazz, right? And, uh, and, and, And get the CD underway. Get it. Kickstarted. And we'll have some great food, and in one of those gorgeous homes on St. Charles Avenue that itself is a work of art. Um, My friends were just so gracious to offer to do this for me. And so we'll have great food, great music, and really the the impetus behind this whole project for me is not just to do a fun CD. And honestly, I I put on my Diana Krall station on Pandora at night when I'm cooking dinner, and Mm -hmm. I, I love this whole genre. So it'll be a great thing in and of itself, but I'm hoping that it will really open 
the doors and to people who would not otherwise buy my music, which you know is most of the world, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> to build bridges with people. And this is a I, whole other direction that you're going in. Give, give me the names of the other CDs that you have. Okay, Let's see if I can remember them. Uh-huh. Um, Surrender, okay. Sacred Arias, uh, the Miracle of Life Rosary, the Miracle of Love Rosary for Children, the okay. Miracle of Divine Mercy, which has my Divine Mercy miracle story in addition to a sung chaplet. Okay. Um, oh Holy Night is my Christmas CD. Mm-hmm. Be Not Afraid is a project I did a few months after my dad died that are all songs of healing and consolation. Oh, nice. Especially for people who need encouragement. We're going through a hard time. And then you mentioned Sublime Chant, mm-hmm. the one I recorded in Scotland. Okay. that That's an interesting one. I mean, and how would people find out about them if they wanted to get Can, can you get them on uh, iTunes and uh, you have a website? Uh, both of those. I have the – many of them are on iTunes. And also on my website is just my name, Kitty, K-I-T-T-Y, Cleveland, like Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they can not only listen to all of the CDs there – they can also find out more information about this jazz CD and the brunch coming up this weekend. Super. Well, we were talking about uh, brunch, and you know, you reminded me of a time that we had a little brunch uh, over in <laughs> in Rome, Italy, huh? When uh, when you came over and sang for uh, a number of the bishops who were who were. Um, making their, for people who don't know, all the bishops in the world have to go to Rome every five years for what's called their ad limina visit, which means to the threshold of the apostles, and they give a report on their diocese to the Holy Father, and they usually have an audience with him, and then they, they go and pray at the tombs of the apostles, Peter and Paul. And uh, and the last time that the bishops in the U.S. did it, I was working over in Rome, and Kitty came over, and we were trying to get her to sing for the Pope, which is uh, harder than it than you think it would be. But she <laughs> was able to sing for all the bishops when they were saying mass at the altar of the tomb of Peter, right God. in front of where St. Peter mm. is uh, is is buried. And uh, and it was kind of a last minute thing. I asked my bishop, and he said that sounds great. And so, and she said, "What should I sing?" I said, "I'd, I'd sing something good if I were yeah. you." There's going to be about <laughs> forty bishops. Bishops there, no pressure. <laughs> and it was uh, and it was wonderful. She she we, she chanted some of the mass parts and uh, and sang the Ave Maria and uh, and it was a and, and it made because oftentimes those masses because they're kind of private masses for the bishop they don't really have any any uh, choir or any musical accompaniment. Those people sang mass at the same time, so mm-hmm. you don't want to have an organ or something. So something a cappella done uh, well is uh, just the ticket, and, and Kitty provided it. And then we went out to lunch. Holy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did we? Oh. <laughs> that was like 10 years ago, and I still remember that meal. It was it was great. We went to, and the, the patron of music is St. Cecilia. We went to a restaurant called Cecilia Matella. They say in Italy, Cecilia Matella. And it's out on the road, uh, the old Appian Way, and uh, and we had about I don't know three or four hour lunch out there, just yeah. relaxing, and it was beautiful. And then sit, Kitty actually gave an impromptu concert at the uh, <laughs> at the restaurant, and in Italian and an uh, and, and, and aria, and uh, I don't remember exactly what you sang. Sang, do you remember, Kitty? Oh, mio babino caro. Oh, that's right. Gianni Schicchi, yeah, Puccini, gotta love Puccini. And uh, oh, and she, and had a nice. We were just outside. It was just there weren't many people outside. But by the time she started singing, there was got to be a few people. I mean, came around what, to what brought that up? She just like had about eight she glasses of wine. Up, I think a couple of glasses of wine. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah. Now you you have three or four hour 
lunches or was it a brunch was it lunch no, well you know it, you, you eat you can have brunch you could have you know some people have Excuse like me. you know an omelets or something like that but yeah. it usually is just sort of a typical italian meal and it's not it, it, the fact is they just don't put everything on one plate and bring it to you is that you know you start off with a little you know bruschetta or a little you know salami cheese mm-hmm. and then and then you move and you maybe have a little pasta and and you know if it's a big one you may have two small portions of pasta you know two really really just, you know tiny portions that the two of them wouldn't equal up to a full one no. and then you may have a you know a little meat like a little barbecue a little grilled meat or or some sort of veal and then and then you may have a little dessert after that a little fruit and then you may have your little coffee after that so it's it's not that uh, you're not doing anything for 4 hours it's just that you have you have the the meals brought out in stages so that it, it takes that long to to get through all the stages you My know and goodness. you have time to rest and walk around in between it this restaurant is outside of the city of Rome and it's got this beautiful garden around it with a fountain and and even when it's a little warmer, the, the fountain, you know, the condensation of the fountain kind of cools it. And it's kind of out of the city, a little bit higher than the city. So it, it's, you, you know, you can eat inside with air conditioning, but it's really nice to sit outside. It's got a nice breeze out there. And so we just took our time. And, uh, and then I didn't know that I, I had, had, would have a meal on a floor show. I'm going to say, <laughs> really, that sounds like uh, one, of, one of the most uh, ideal uh, meals that you can do because it's an event you know you're sitting mm-hmm. around visiting and all right. uh while exactly. while i mean you're, you're getting great food but you're you're and and again that's why we're here that's what this show is here is all about it it's more than just eating a sustenance right, it, right. It, it, we, we feed each other around the, the table a, around the table that's right that's right i tell you what uh if you're just joining us we're talking to kitty cleveland we're talking about the kickstart brunch that's going to be going on Saturday. No, I'm sorry. Sunday. Sunday, okay. Sunday on St. Charles Street, one of the big houses. It's on her website. Uh, uh, Kitty, well, Kitty, what's that website again? Just my name, Kitty Cleveland, like Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Com. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I tell you what, when we come back, uh, I want to I want to stay on this subject of brunches. Huh? We mm-hmm. can make that a three-hour event, too. Huh? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Why don't we do that? All right. Uh, we will be right back. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dolph. Yep, you know. Let's three, two, one. There, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young, Monsignor Nalty, and we are continuing our conversation with Kitty Cleveland, and uh, she has got an event coming up this Saturday. I'm sorry, this Sunday. It's on St. Charles Street. Go St. Charles to- Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> You know, y'all talk amongst yourselves. Well, we, we call it the Avenue, David, so right. I, I, I people call it the street. Well, we got a street in Baton Rouge and it's St. Charles, but it's a lot tinier and doesn't have the pretty houses. And she's going to be at a big, beautiful house. That's right. And she's going to be singing for a jazz brunch. And this is to uh, actually raise money to get her new jazz CD going, right? Yes. Great. To build bridges with, with people who otherwise would not be interested in my music. You know, it's funny because I I think that's a, there's a theme kind of going on here with with that. You know, from a music standpoint, from where you're coming from. But you know, 
because uh, there's a lot of folks who uh, would not otherwise listen to your music, right? And and so in a sense, you're building this bridge between folks who maybe aren't practicing their faith or who don't even give God the time of day. and and But they love music and they love jazz, and so they get exposed to you, they get exposed to this music, and one thing leads to another, and they may discover your other CDs. I mean, that's a fantastic thing, but we kind of see the same message, I think, coming from Pope Francis about how the church can sometimes be uh, insulated yep. and that we, we're meant to, to reach out. Yep. Well, we're called to be the leaven, right? To go out and to, to leaven society, raise things, raise people up to, to toward God. And, uh, and, and, and Pope Francis does it really has, during the, the first part of his pontificate, has spoken about it directly by going out to the poor. And, and, uh, and that mission, that mission, going out in service, of course, when we serve the poor, we serve Jesus himself. He said, whatever you do for the least of my brothers, you do for me. But, but when, the, when the Pope sends people out and people go on mission, then even people who are not um, religious per se and the fact they don't go to church are doing charitable acts, and those charitable acts give us grace. And that grace can eventually lead them to a deeper relationship, not just with the poor, but 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 seeing Jesus in the poor can help them to see his face in, in, in each other and, 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 and eventually, hopefully, to the Eucharist, you know, pointing right. to the mm-hmm. Eucharist. The ultimate meal. Right, right, there right. Go. There you go. We always seem to come back to the Eucharist. We had Father Leo on uh, last week, and it was all about uh, the, the sacred meal, all about the, the altar and how God gave him gave us himself in food. And uh, and every other meal is can point to that, you know, that we can be reminded of the heavenly banquet by the little small meals that we have, the, the small brunches, or the five, six-course Roman ones out at Chichilli Matella. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You now, were... I have, if I can say something about that. Yeah. I've been getting really clear messages from the Lord lately at Mass, going to daily Mass, because I have, honestly, historically, a love-hate relationship with food, because I live in a city with such incredible food, yep. and unlike a lot of women, on my first date with my husband, I had a huge meal. I didn't pretend that I don't eat. Like, I, <laughs> I'm sure he loved food. it. And so, um, <clears throat> anyway, right now I'm actually in the middle of sort of a partial fast both for physical and spiritual reasons. Mm-hmm. And it makes me appreciate food so much more. But the point I'm making is that in Mass, I really heard very clearly one day, in a new way, at the consecration, when the priest, you know, I was once again bemoaning the fact that I gained five pounds on the latest vacation, and when the, the priest elevated the, or leaned over the, the host and he said, take this and eat it. Take this, all of you. Like, kind of take this and not that kitty. (laughs) Not the sugar and the junk and the alcohol. Not the Krispy Kreme. Right. And um, the Krispy Kreme bread pudding at at Boucherie, by the way, is amazing, but I digress. (laughs) So, but the point I'm making is that it just got so clear to me that he needs to be the cent- in the Eucharist, the center of my life, the main meal that I have every day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm basically fasting from dinner until after I receive the Eucharist every day so that he is my main meal. And mm-hmm. it really profoundly has, has affected me yeah. and helped me appreciate even more the centrality of the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. You know, and it also points to some of those great saints who, who lived almost exclusively on the Eucharist. You know, St. Catherine of Siena, I mean, for the later part of her life, I mean, that's all she re- received was out of some water. And, uh, 
you know, it's the bread of life and it, it points us to our salvation, but it, it's also the food for the journey, you know, that we eat as we make our way along this exodus of life to the promised land. And, uh, and seeing it, when we were in seminary, I think one of the things that, the, that our rector tried to stress with, with us is that it should be the center of our day. It should be the most, because it is the most important thing that a priest does every day, and it should feel like that. And, and then we should celebrate each Mass, as Mother Teresa has signs in all of, her, all of her houses throughout the world, like it's our first Mass like it's our last mass, like it's our only mass. Yeah. And uh, because that is, it is, it, you know, that is what we're all pointing to. We're all, we're all trying to get our way back to God. And, uh, and, and the way that we get to him is, is not on our own. It's the way that he gave us. Uh, he came down to us and he gave us the Eucharist to bring us to him. And, you know, that's the thing that uh, for a lot of people in the world, the only Eucharist that they're going to see is us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, right. Jesus, Jesus, you know, when you eat, Something. I mean, it's a very intimate uh, uh, thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're taking something outside of yourself and you're, you're putting it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm, I was thinking about that just the other day where you, know, you go back uh, several hundred years and you had kings would have uh, someone else taste the food before they did in case it was poisoned, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's something very intimate. And when you go to someone's house and they prepare a meal, in a way, you, you're, you're, you're showing that you trust these people, that, that, that mm-hmm. you care for them, that you give them some sort of credence because you eat their food mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully enjoy it. But, uh, you know, it's the same thing, I think, with, with the Eucharist. Jesus gives us him, himself in the Eucharist to make us part of him. Right. 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 It's, it's, it's not just uh, an act that happens at mass it's symbolic and then you leave and it's done it's no, no it's supposed to be transformative and it mm. and it makes us into himself yeah. and, and so we can carry him out to the world and that's what i think is so beautiful about what you're doing right now kitty and you because you're you're, you're building this bridge that can bring people who love music uh closer to the lord and well, it's not it. yeah. and it's not by by making another christian album in a sense you know what i'm saying mm. it's, it's just music that that reaches a broader audience yeah. and the same thing can happen through food mm-hmm. i mean you see that i think father leo does that with right. with his message of trying to bring people together i know i strive to do that when i'm i talk to people all the time who, who aren't practicing their faith mm-hmm. but they talk to me and, and don't feel threatened not at all because, because you're talking i'm food. talking food yeah. and hopefully they walk away and they say wow Boy, he's Catholic, and he, he's not so bad. He's not so bad after all. <laughs> right. and, 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 so and, bad. And you got Kitty with her beautiful voice. And you got, right, and, and, right. and here she's singing, and she's going to be singing jazz standards, you know, that everybody knows and appreciates. But they're going to say, wow, what a beautiful voice. What a great time I'm having here. Uh, tell me a little more about yourself. And that's when, you know, that's when things they happen. learn about uh, Kitty's faith life, right? right. Well, you so. know, and we all, we were created for community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. I believe we lost her. Kitty, you there? Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. You must Can have walked. Me? Yep, there you are. Okay. I said we were, we were created for community, and uh-huh. we create we crave connecting with people. And our society, because of the way we live now, we're more and more disconnected. So that when we gather around the table, when we're eating the same thing, when we're listening to the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's all good, it's all nurturing, it's kind of all gift. Yeah. But we're sharing in that same that same experience. It has such a, a powerful way. Okay, uh, Kitty, can you walk uh, to your left instead of your right? Let's try that. Uh, are you there? Oh, okay, there, there it is. We got you. 
Okay. <laughs> Matt, this is, you know, this is what happens for going to internet telephone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. That would explain. You know that that word community is so important. It really points to um, it points to Jesus's call to that he wants us to be as one as he and the Father is one, and it literally means with one. You know, communion means with one. You know, cum is the the Latin for with, and unity is is one. So, we become in union with God in the Holy Eucharist, but, but we're called to be as one among ourselves, you know, brothers and sisters and uh, in the Lord. And, and we do it in, you know, the most remote ways, um, and, and then we get closer and closer as we, as we have our own small communities, our family communities, which make up maybe our parish communities, yeah. make up our city community, but, but, but in the whole world. And then as Pope Francis, sending people out to go and help people become part of that, that, that unity that, that it will ultimately be realized when we're face-to-face face with God in heaven. So this this uh, this Sunday, this brunch, tell us, what can we expect? You can expect great food. All right. A beautiful home. All right. A lovely community of people. And some great music, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's up to you, so you better not hope. You better go and do it. <laughs> yes. That's the so part. We're, we're just going to be a lot. It's all good. And, you know, um, a Every time I order a thousand CDs, we are going to donate a thousand dollars to Habitat for Humanity. Oh, wow! So, kind of another angle of just hoping to build bridges with people and to reach out to the poor. I have a real, have always had a heart for people who don't have a home of their own. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, wow! Uh, yeah. And that is fantastic. Okay, you wouldn't have to know the menu. Huh? I the, don't. I'm okay. actually not in charge of that aspect, and you, I'm happy to pass that on for the moment. <laughs> you know, uh, and Jeff's got this cookbook over here. He's flipping through, and I'm looking at these pictures. of This is all brunches you got here? Oh, yeah, this is all brunches. And, I mean, we, you know, you've got—I mean, I'm sure that the, the brunch on Sunday, you can have some of the, the classics, right? Some of the just the traditional brunch dishes, like griots and grits, as an example. Yeah. You know? Right. Which is an easy one because you can make it like in chafing dishes and put it out there. It's you know something a little bit harder when you're trying to make like an eggs benedict and try to keep it together. You know, yeah. a, a poached egg, keep it warm without overcooking. But you can have a big pot of grits and a big pot of griots and walk down the brunch line and you'll be happy. You can feed an army. Yep, yep. <laughs> I did in seminary. I fed the whole seminary one year. 150 people with griots. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We, we we. What happens is is that the the deacon class, um, the, the class. Um, below the deacon class helps us with our ushering for our diaconate ordination. And then the way we, at least back then, we paid them back as we cooked them all brunch. And we decided to just do it for the whole seminary. And uh, so I had a team wow. of guys and we, and we, we made a few things, but the kind of the big thing was the griots and grits, and and you couldn't get grits in Rome, so I had people. Yeah, how did you do that? I had people bringing over bags of grits, you know, like every <laughs> for a couple of months oh, until gosh. I had enough of it for uh, for for 150, 200 people in the seminary. I hadn't and, thought about that. Grits yeah. in Rome. Yeah, it yeah. Was, well, they you know and they you have know, things again, that are close. Yeah. When you mentioned grits and griots, the food has such a way of creating memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, that is Christmas morning yeah. at my grandmother's house. Oh, really? That's what y'all would have. Grits and griots. Yep, baked bananas, grits and griots, and Eunice's biscuits. Eunice's oh, yeah. biscuits. All right. Well, we, you, you, I are bet you there was no butter in those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, along with the with a jazz brunch, typically you're going to start out with a cocktail or something like that. You might have a, mm-hmm. a mimosa or mm-hmm. a Bloody Mary, milk punch, or, or milk punch. Or down here in New Orleans, you could even have a mint julep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. you know. Tell you what, I had one of those on uh, Sunday for Father's Day. Oh, did you? And my brother-in-law in Baton Rouge made it, and he did it in a way I'd never seen done before. Because typically you take the fresh mint, you're going to muddle it, right, right. in yeah. the glass. 
He did something different. He took the uh, the bourbon okay. and and poured it into a big bowl, and then took like a bar towel, a clean bar towel, and wrapped that mint, like big big long sprigs of mint, mm-hmm. wrapped it in the towel, stuck it into the bourbon, and let it soak there for a little while. You wring it out. And you just kind of repeat the process. And so no, what you're essentially doing yeah, is infusing, infusing the bourbon right. with the mint over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, you know, when you actually make the, the, the drink itself, you'll you'll add some mint to each glass. You also add the bourbon and the little simple syrup that you make from, mm. from scratch. Very easy to make on the stove. And, uh, boy, you talk about a smooth <laughs> bourbon drink. That was very nice on uh, Father's Day. It's about halfway through. Yeah, go Maybe ahead. something similar for Susie McKenzie's graduation party when she got her master's there at the seminary in theology uh-huh. and um, with a mojito, but instead I, I made mint. Oops, we lost her again. Internet you, phones. Boy, yeah. this is not a good advertisement. I, I know what we can do. Internet <laughs> phones. I know what we can do. I'll be back on my cell. Well, and I tell you what, I'm ready to do that. We're going to go ahead, uh, we're going to take a break in a minute, and uh, uh, when we come back, I'm, uh, we're going to call you back on a different phone. How's that? So... Uh, Great. All right, great. Uh, we're going to be right back with uh, Kitty Cleveland on a on a, a phone that doesn't cut out. Uh, well, we hope you know, cell <laughs> cell do that too. But anyway, yeah, I had uh, I had both. I had the mojitos and the mint juleps, and I like the idea of mm. doing a mint julep that way because a lot of times you know you're drinking a mint julep, you're having a great time, you smile, and you got that little piece. Uh, you get you the know, mint in your teeth, and so uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, the great thing is mint grows so well around here. Yeah, you know, I've got I mean, it growing it like, like a weed. Church, right? Like crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering right why now. it wasn't growing that well at the church. I, uh, you know, because we had this big bed of it, and it just hasn't really gotten high usually you see it getting high then i then i was over and saw everybody drinking mojitos at lapati grocery and i went oh that's where it's yeah. Oh, yeah. that's where your mint's going all right i'll tell you what uh we're gonna call uh we're gonna call kitty back uh and we'll be back in just a second Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young and Monsignor Nalty. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Hey. Fine. We're going to pick up right where we left off. We're talking to Kitty Cleveland, and she's going to be singing at a jazz brunch this weekend on Saturday on St. Charles Avenue. And if you want more information on that, you can go to kittycleveland.com. Is that right, Kitty? That's right, but it's on Sunday. Sunday from 1130 to 230. Okay. 1130 to 230 on Sunday. Okay. Uh, Great. Well, this then, and this is in preparation for a new CD that she's going to be releasing uh, with with jazz. So that's really exciting. And we were talking about, uh, let's see, we were talking mint juleps for brunch, right? We were talking mojitos for brunch. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, summer is such a great time for mojitos. Yeah. And. And I have all this mint. I think, Jeff, you were saying how well mint grows in Louisiana. And so I have this this bumper crop of mint. And so I just boiled it with the sugar and the water to make a simple oh, yeah. syrup mm-hmm. and just steeped the mint in that. Um, and so used the minted simple syrup with the rum and the fresh lime juice and club soda to make the mojitos. And then just put some fresh sprigs in there for decorative purposes. That's beautiful. But I tell you, they went quickly. <laughs> well, let me let's see if I got this right. You 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 get a you get a tall glass. You fill it full of ice. And 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 in Kitty, your case, case you you would pour a couple of tablespoons, I guess, of the of the syrup, right? Yes, pour All them right. in the simple syrup and mm-hmm. then some rum, 
and club soda. And then the club soda, you kind of top it off with the club soda, right? It's, it's, yeah, you got to have the club soda. Yeah, and, and, and fresh uh, lime juice. I don't know if I mentioned that. Fresh lime oh, is that right? Juice. Okay. Mm-hmm. I right. made a whole pitcher of them. And that okay. way, people just pour it over the ice, and then we're ready to go. Okay, and this is a this is like this is like a julep is a sipper. Mm-hmm. You don't want to oh, knock yeah. one right, of those right. back, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> they go down very easy. And that's yeah, that's the dangerous thing, I guess, with the with a smooth drink like sweet that. Sweet drinks, is, right? Yeah, or sweet right. drink or smooth right. drink is uh, you you may not realize. You know, it may hit you, sneak up behind you, I, I guess, you know. Because you're <laughs> on an empty stomach. This is the first thing we're having, right? Before, uh, all right, so, so what, what waking up another... your Waking up your taste buds, basically, right. for, the, for the food to come. Which, I mean, the French term for that is an aperitif, right. you know, and yeah. I think in, in Italian it's aperitivo. Aperitivo, or, right. And same thing in, in, in Spanish is aperitivo. And it's it's meant to jumpstart your appetite, you know, right. it's kind of the... Yep, yeah. yeah. get the taste. For a fabulous brunch, right. Yeah, Exactly. And, of course, it also helps you to, to become a little more social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People mm-hmm. tend to loosen up a little bit and talk social more. Social lubricant, and, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. 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 That's right. And we were talking about all the different types of brunch food, and, uh, and you know, Eggs Benedict is something that people think about with brunch, but we've made a kind of cottage industry of spinoffs of Eggs Benedict using all of our not just Canadian bacon, but, you know, using uh, things that come from around here. Like, uh, I mean, I've had poached eggs with uh, with fried oysters. I've had poached mm-hmm. eggs with fried shrimp. Uh, soft shell crab as well. I had that Soft shell oh, with, yeah. with poached eggs? Really? Wow. Luna, what do you do? You put, the, you put the egg on top or you just yeah. have it on the side? Yeah. It kind of it kind of serves like the sauce because that's really all hollandaise sauce is, is, oh, is eggs point. anyway and eggs and butter. So it just kind of serves like the sauce. But you have things like egg sardou, which is, you know, egg on uh, artichoke bottoms and cream spinach uh, with, with hollandaise sauce. I mean, just all these kind of spinoffs. And it really kind of goes back to the French, just the, the idea of sauces. The French food is, is such so focused on the sauce, not as much on the preparation of the meat. The meats are very, fairly simple. But what, what, what makes the meal is these really beautiful, rich sauces, you know, many of which are, have a base of eggs, you know, uh, and um, and and so we just keep the eggs intact and, and add all kinds of things. It's the brunch places in town. You know, they're always trying to do new spinoffs on eggs. And mm-hmm. you know, anybody can go to Denny's and get eggs and bacon. But uh, sure. you know, add some of our local ingredients and, and and make it something make it something special. You know, that's something I never had. Tell me about egg sardou. What, what is that? Again? Egg sardou is uh, is actually poached eggs on an artichoke bottom that's uh, that's nestled in cream spinach. And uh, oh. with hollandaise sauce on top, so it's it's Man. yeah, it's pretty rich. I think you don't want to get your cholesterol checked the Go. morning after you eat it, but uh, <laughs> but it's it's very luscious and uh, and and with the artichoke bottoms, you know, you have the vegetables and the cream spinach. It's just very luscious dish, you know, uh, and and really not that hard to make. And and you no. can make a lot of them at one time if you, you know, you can put the make cream spinach ahead of time, artichoke bottoms ahead of time, and then you come in with the poached eggs yeah. and pour some hollandaise sauce on top. It's fairly easy. You'll see that kind of on brunch. You know lines. You know, uh, you know that'll. You know, you'll, there'll be a whole plate of uh, cream of spinach in the bottom, and the individual artichoke hearts, and you kind of scoop them up and put them on your plate. But Whoa. I have a couple of little tips about egg cooking that I learned recently. One right. is when you're making the poached eggs to put, rather than using those little metal holders, right. just put a little vinegar in the boiling water and drop your egg in, and that helps yep. keep the egg Keeps intact. It intact. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then the second thing was with scrambled eggs, and I learned this from Ina Garten, the barefoot contessa, was you just do it like the French do, very low heat. Right. And take take your time cooking scrambled eggs right. rather than the <laughs> the way I grew up eating them, which is they were cooked in 30 seconds, right. the giant, you know, for all six kids. And they're kind of crispy. Eggs. Right. Kind of crispy, yeah. but then they kind of got that, that rubbery texture to them, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah, want yeah, that yeah. kind of moist. This, uh, you want them kind of loose. You want them kind of loose. Loose and, and creamy. Right? And little 
half and half in there, with salt and pepper, and low heat. And, we'll get, oh, it makes all the difference. We'll get back to, to to the poached eggs when you're talking about putting the vinegar in the water. That doesn't affect the flavor of the egg. Mm-mm, not really? at all. No, not at all. Okay. And you just you don't put a lot. It, okay. You put a I don't know in a big pot of boiling water. You may put three or four tablespoons or something like oh, that. Oh, right. What happens okay. when it sinks into there? It I'm not exactly sure chemically what happens, but somehow the egg doesn't spread out as much. It kind of keeps it in a ball when okay. you're poaching it because you're just you know you can use all kinds of ways to poach eggs individually, but if you're poaching a lot at a time, you're you're kind of running, you know, you got a system going. And uh-huh. You're dropping them in the water, and you wait until they're done, and you're moving them out, and, and that type of thing. And so uh, the, the vinegar keeps them, I, I don't congealed's not the right word, but keeps them more intact. I got you. you. Know? Yeah. Uh, how, how long do you poach an egg for when you want it just right? Because you know you don't want it Gosh. all you underdone. Know, you, 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 can't, know? you can't ask me, like, uh-huh. measurements yeah. and time <laughs> and food. You just look at it. You, you do it until it's done. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Be sure to write that doing. down, folks, if you're uh, yeah, you cook doing it until it's poached. Cook you know? until it's poached. You just look well, at it. Right. Yeah, I tell and you, you know what? I, ask, I, I do this all the time. I keep a laptop in my kitchen to Google recipes or to Google that question, like, right. how long should you cook a poached egg? And yeah, right. Things like that. Gets and you a rough people idea. can find that quickly. Because right. mm-hmm. well, these I guys are no I'm, help I'm at doing all. it right now. Right. So <laughs> we'll, see what, we'll see what they say on this. Oh, uh, I think that it's, it you do it till it's done. How to perfectly cook poached eggs. And look, okay? season, and it, season it till it tastes right, too. Don't forget yeah, watch, to do that. She's going to tell me that yeah. to do it until it's done, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a man probably answered that. <laughs> One thing they do say here, the fresher the egg, the better the poached egg. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they kind of stay together a little bit better. Well, yeah, but that, with that, that's hard-boiled the... eggs, it's better mm-hmm. to, for them to be a little bit older. Right. They peel a lot more easily when they're older. Well, that's right. one, one of the early episodes mm. of uh, Alton Brown's Good Eats, right, which is no longer being produced. Uh, I love that show. Yeah, I love the, the science show. behind it. But one of the early episodes was on, um, he called it The Eggs Files. <laughs> and uh, it was all about eggs, and it, I learned so much uh, just by watching that uh, that episode. And one of the things is that he talks about uh, just a couple of tips if you want to do fried eggs, is to is, once again is slow heat, mm-hmm. right? Low low heat, you uh, and, and you don't overdo it. And right. I love uh, soft eggs, soft yolk, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 being able to sop up that uh, the, the the yolk, the yolk with yeah. uh, with a with a biscuit or a piece of toast or, or yeah, whatever. You got that balance though. You don't want to get the all squiggly white in no, there. And, no, no. Then you don't want this hard cooked egg, right? What the what this website says all is right. that uh, poached eggs from room temperature two minutes. If they're chilled eggs, three minutes. So see, that would that's All why right. I would say do it till it's done because I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. have to look at it and three. see. Right, right. Three if they're from the fridge, and mm-hmm. uh, and then and then if you it depends on if you want it. Literally, you can poach an egg. All the way, yeah. you know, until it's pretty much set, and then the 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 the, the, um, the yellow doesn't come out, which you go about two minutes longer, and that'd give you more kind of like a halfway between a poach and a hard-boiled egg, but yeah, it's not... You don't want to lose your sauce right. effect like no. you were talking about. You but some that? people like them a little more set, you know? Some people like them so when you when you break into the yellow, it doesn't just leak everywhere. It just yeah. kind of slowly comes out, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a heavier set egg. Not not It wouldn't be hard-boiled in that it would be hard inside, but it would kind of be more the, the texture of like... Uh, you know, a heavy syrup rather than uh, than kind of just liquid. Mm. Mm. Okay. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier, y'all, about uh, you had seafood with your eggs. I mean, what else would you have seafood-wise at a, at a brunch? Oh, I mean, I've had etouffees before. I've oh, had yeah. I've oh, had yeah. a, almost practically like a, a shrimp etouffee or a or a or a crawfish etouffee over biscuits before. I mean, that's oh, wow. uh, really good. <laughs> and they do have, you know, um, Brennan's has got, uh, for instance, just to name a very popular, uh, famous brunch place. They they put eggs over trout. 
you know, you can get Ooh. a piece of trout and put egg over, which is not that different. It's just like, like I said, it's the French. Instead of having a, the, the sauce that's all refined, you're, you're just using a lightly cooked egg, which is the mm -hmm. base of so many of their sauces. And, and you're putting in, you could put it over shrimp or you could put it over uh, trout. Or uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think trout is really good because it's very light yeah. for brunch. You don't want something, you know, like a, a salmon or something at brunch. You know, you want you want kind of a... A lighter, lighter type meal. That's also the whole idea about a brunch too. You don't want something you're going to have to take a nap afterwards, right? Because this is. Well, no, I think that's well, what you want Sunday. to do on oh, you Sunday. Like a nap? <laughs> on Sunday, yeah, on I Sunday. Well, I, 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 I stand corrected. A number of years right. ago, I had when I was in Rome, and I guess that's where I learned to eat these four-hour meals. These, these guys came over and. We had mass in the morning, went out to brunch, and we're about the first hour into brunch, and one of them says they're trying to decide what they're going to do in the afternoon. I said, no, no, we're going to be here all afternoon. I said, Sunday, what you do is you, you, you go to mass, you wake up, you pray, you go to mass, and you go have your meal you know, for about four hours, and then you go and t home and take a nap. Oh, I know? like it. And then after that, you know, you, know, you get up and, uh, you know, get yourself together for the next day, have a little soup, and, and that's your Sunday, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that's a day of rest, you know, where you're not... Worried about every bill, mowing the lawn, uh, yep. what the kids yeah. are doing, you know, right. you got, and, and we need that, you know, we need that. And priests, it's hard because Sunday is kind of our Monday, you know, our big work day. But um, but that's why you know, most a lot of pastors take their day off on Monday, and that becomes kind of their day of rest. As soon as everything's done on Sunday, as they can leisurely say Mass and, and relax, that's, uh, that's, that's what I try to do. That's what you guys do. pastors do. do. Yeah. And, you know, another great thing to add to that Sunday brunch menu is, Real bacon, and I've discovered mm. oh, that recently yeah. as well. <laughs> Not just the stuff you can pick up at right. Winn Dixie, but you know, to go to a butcher or like at Fresh Market or Whole Foods and get get the get uh, them to cut it for you. Is it Netsuki? How do you say the N E S E U K E bacon? Oh, I, I don't know, now Jeff. You, you, it's a oh. wonderful smoked bacon, and you can get peppered bacon, and. Price-wise, it's not a whole lot more expensive, but boy, does it taste better. Is it thicker? It's much thicker right. and and just a higher quality all around. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, one of the things I think with bacon, too, and, uh, you know, in, in America today, we, we're so concerned. Our companies are very concerned about shelf life. They want things to keep on the shelf, and yeah. so we tend to put lots of uh, additives into foods, and including bacon. There's lots of... Um, chemicals in in bacon that you don't you wouldn't expect to be there typically right, right. Mm. but thank goodness we have uh, an awakening happening i think uh, across the country and people are waking up and saying hey i don't want all those preservatives and chemicals in my yeah. food and so th there are lots of different varieties on the market today that that are chemical free mm -hmm. um they 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 come they're they're thicker they're prepackaged but they have a, a, a shorter shelf life. And but, the, but smoked and is smoked, not uh, weird smoke-flavored. Right, right, right. It's actual, actually smoked, yeah. And mm. the thing about it, some people would think about these, we're talking about unhealthy foods, you know, eggs and bacon. But it, the food themselves is not necessarily unhealthy. It's the quantity that can be unhealthy. Sure. You know, it, when you're going to have a, a, a nice brunch, you don't need a five-egg omelet and five slices of bacon. You can have one <laughs> egg, yeah. you know, one egg like sardou and, and a little bacon on the, and, and one or two slices of bacon. And you're not talking about a lot of calories. And, and you don't do it every day, right? right you know, right. You, you, uh, you, know you, you try to limit your intake on, you know, saturated fats, but there's people lived for a long period of time and didn't get very, very heavy eating eggs and bacon and steak in this country, you know, That's and, right. uh, That's and right. it just, it was, it was the, it was the, 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 the availability of so many foods we can always eat. Gosh, right. we can drive through everywhere. We can pick up something at the time saver. We can, you know, you know, have something snack in our car. We're just constantly, there's just food all around us. And 
The idea of having you know, set times for meals is so good, you know, that we eat with people at a certain time and that we limit our, our intake and, and eat natural food, you know, natural food, butter, eggs, oh, yeah. milk, yeah, whole well, milk. Well, you know, Kitty, butter, matter of fact, we use Kerrygold at home because we, we I cook Irish with butter, butter all the time. Yeah. And there's a, such a tremendously uh, different flavor. Oh, sure is. Know, but sure also, is. Kitty, you mentioned that bacon. You know, we get that bacon and uh, what we do is when we, we, we'll do it in the oven, we'll cook it in the oven, and then after that, we save the grease. I have a jar in the fridge. Oh, yeah. I save the bacon grease. I use that all the time. I'll fry oh, my eggs yeah. and bacon grease. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, you can and make a good uh, roux, too, for gumbo. Oh, yes, yeah. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Kitty, uh, Kitty. Yeah, we're well, making we, this fast. Really I know. Difficult. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're just joining us, uh, we've been talking to Kitty Cleveland. She's got a jazz brunch coming up this Sunday. On St. Charles Avenue, go to kittycleveland.com and uh, learn more about that. Uh, Kitty, thanks for joining us, and I hope you pack the place, and I hope that the music and everything goes well. Thank you. It's a joy being with you guys this morning. All right. Thank thanks, you so Kitty. much. Uh, Monsignor, before we go, you want to give us a blessing? I will. May Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. See you next week. You're my baby